Hello and welcome to the Startups Roundtable. I'd like to start with an acknowledgement of country. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. Here in Sydney, it's the Gadigal people. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Hello and welcome to the Startups Roundtable. I'm your host, Tony Hackett, and each episode brings us together with founders and those involved with the startup ecosystem. Over the next few episodes, I'm revisiting founders I spoke with toward the start of this COVID era to see how they are getting on and to learn from their strategy and tactics that have kept them going. Today, we visit with data quality innovator Zscore, and I got to speak with their founder, Delete Murali. So let's get started. So I am joined today by Dalip Murali, the founder and CEO of Zscore. And Dalip was a guest on the podcast in the early episodes and around a year ago. And I'm so pleased he's able to join me again today to give some reflections on what it's like being a founder over the last 12 months and to share with us some learnings and maybe some avenues he's taken where he might actually give some advice that if he could reverse out of those. But fundamentally, we want to have a chat and see how he's getting on. Delete, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Tony. Awesome to be back with you again on, your, on, the, on the podcast. Like you mentioned, the last year has been, <laughs> it has been pretty awesome, wouldn't you say that? In a sense, it's been humbling. It's been, what should I say? The best way I can describe it is a, a soul-searching experience and a revelation. And one of the things that I never understood is that, till now at least, was that I had so much of patience. So, and it, it helps because you discover a lot of characteristics that are within you during these testing times. And that those are some of the big, big, big revelations. And as always, a pleasure to be on your show and looking forward. Why don't we start back a year ago and the, the pandemic is COVID-19 is, is new to all of us and you're driving the startup innovation, looking at business opportunities, looking at technology advancements. And all of a sudden, you're being forced to reprioritize. How have you gone through making decisions over the last year differently to you were in the year before that? Last year, to give you a little bit of history, I entered, I was in Australia, in Melbourne, till in, in March last year. And I barely made it to India. I made it a day before they shut down the borders. So I barely squeezed myself inside. And initially, when it started, you know, I was reading a lot of news about pandemic, but I really didn't quite understand where it was going to be. So I decided to wait and watch. But in April, what started happening is that the country started going into lockdowns. The number of cases started spiraling. In India, at least, we didn't see the effect to a large extent, at least the first wave. Right now, it's a, it's a disaster right now. But the first wave last April, we didn't really see too much of things happening. But the country shut down. There were lots of other issues. Businesses weren't able to function. So I made a calculated choice. I said, okay, I will not be able to reach customers. Okay, Customers are not going to respond to me. And this is the best opportunity for me to focus back on the product. So what I did is that I actually reduced the sales and marketing effort by about 90%. Channeled the entire focus on product development. We did keep 
talking to existing customers. We did keep talking to potential leads and everything, but we did not do any new sales. We did not do new marketing because one of the things that I found out is that, I mean, that was a time when people were doing webinars left, right, center. There were just webinars all over the place. It was just a webinar overkill. And I look back at all that, I figured out that there is very, very, very less amount of interest among customers to spend. People are looking at uh, trying to save money. There were layoffs happening. So it was very difficult, though there was a lot of advice around focusing on sales, trying to reach out, providing the best to the customers. Somehow that didn't make sense to me. So we decided to focus back on the product. We doubled down on our product team. There were quite a few features that we were, we were waiting to put in our product roadmap. We were pending on deploy, implementing. So we went all in. And for the next six months, we just went completely bonkers and implemented pretty much rewrote the entire product. So that's how we took, that's how we went about doing it. So when you say you rewrote the entire product, was it at a moment where you thought this is the only option or there was a, a fork in the road and that happened to be the fork that you took? It was, it was not a fork, actually. So what happened is, till then, we had version one of a product. And version one was very rudimentary. We knew that if we had to come and play in the bigger leagues, we needed to work on the second version of the product, which was a lot more scalable with a lot more features. Earlier, we had a very frugal machine learning uh, model. It was more of an MVP of a product. Then we said, if we had to go and, I mean, it was something that we had known and we had decided because we, we said we will not go and build the product without validating it to the customers. So we, we stuck with the MVP for a long time. We went and validated with multiple customers. Then when we were confident that uh, these are the features that we wanted to build, then we went and uh, implemented version two. And the version two was like 30% or 40% done before the pandemic. And we used that next six months. We doubled, tripled down on our product team and we completed like 80, 90% of it by October. How do you then look at the technology as it was, say, a year ago versus now? Has the technology, not your solutioning, but the technology, has that changed much over the last year? Uh, there's been very heavy focus on security. Number one. Number two is there's been very, very heavy focus on data because data has be, become the cornerstone for pretty much every business right now. Even in these times when during lockdowns or during other scenarios, businesses have been running pretty much, at least the technology businesses have been running pretty much seamlessly. And the you know, bedrock of that becomes data. So data is the importance of data, digital transformation was has been extremely important. And of course, data security, cybersecurity is at its uh, peak. And, uh, and most importantly, migration to cloud. Cloud services and cloud has become very, very, very significant right now. But at the same time, people have started also understanding what are the different ways of deploying, especially with uh, employees working remotely, the need to have uh, hybrid clouds or having moving their uh, some of their applications into, onto the cloud is becoming very critical right now. It's interesting the points you raise. I certainly see them as well. Cybersecurity is so front of mind. What I've also seen, I'd be interested in your perspective on this. When you talk about data quality, you talk about AI, you talk about machine learning, there was a certain understanding of that a year ago. And I think that that's, that's changed a lot. I know that today I was listening to a podcast myself and there was a chap who had just launched a book 
and it was about AI first. And it made me think about our conversation today a little bit deeper about AI first. What does that mean? And it means that automation and being able to continually improve at a greater pace is going to matter more and more as we go on. It mattered a year ago. It certainly matters now. But what are your thoughts around that? It's going to get even more in the coming years. Because so what's going to happen is that you pretty much know the, the cycle of technology cycle. There's a hype cycle and then there's a realization cycle and then it comes to a practical implementation. With the pandemic, what's happened is that automation is right. People are right now investing a lot in automation. So a lot of this is, I mean, it's in the hype cycle right now. People want to automate everything and anything. Right now, they don't really think about the ROI and other aspects around it, the feasibility, the practicality. They don't look at how it is going to help them in the long term. So there's no, there's very less visioning happening and things like that. But the need for automation is also going to increase tremendously. So we're going to see more and more companies going into automation where they would actually go and pick up tasks which earlier were uh, they had ignored and they had manually they had done it manually now they would eventually go and probably spend some more time and spend more money and resources on it and automate it with respect to cutting edge technology and automation i think it will have to wait it it will take some time healthcare is one place where we are seeing a lot of automation starting to come up and we seeing insurance companies we seeing regular healthcare companies automating a lot of their data tasks but at the same time i'm i'm mentioning about the hype cycle because you were talking about the ai first model the ai first model will eventually be i think it will take a little more time to get there because right now the thought process around anything in life can be automated and ai can do it right now but you need to know that doesn't work so there's a specific way of looking at it there needs to be a little more rationality around what needs to be automated uh, and what cannot and what shouldn't so that rationality i think is missing at this point in time people are uh, people are making decisions to automate each and every feature that they have or every different aspect of a business but that will eventually subside and maybe by the end of the year it will become a little little better i see a lot of pressure inside organizations and on organizations around recruiting i know that i was listening to the earnings call of one of the major banks here in australia and they spoke about the engineering folks about wanting to develop their own engineering team or increase the size of their engineering team so that they can drive this change and it made me reflect on a situation i was first person involved with some years ago now where there was a startup creating a beautiful artistic and also engaging environment for banking and there was a major bank and the major bank made the comment that well we can build that but they couldn't maintain the pace of innovation when i consider ai and machine learning data quality being so important i think about what zscore is doing in that context as well because let's just take you back 10 minutes ago and you're talking about well tony we we basically started again we we took everything that we knew and we started again zscore can do that a major organization tens of thousands of employees they can't the only way they can actually get that change is to work out how to work with amazing innovators such as yourself so then you have to work very hard i'm guessing to work out where that niche is and where to focus because everything looks like an opportunity is my guess also how do you go through working out where to truly focus 
it's actually in my opinion there's no science behind it but there's just more of a gut feeling so when we started out we started working with a lot of healthcare insurance providers and that was not by uh design it was by chance every health insurance company we went to they eventually referred us to another health insurer and they eventually referred us to another health insurer and that's how the name got out and we said okay now that we started building these kind of uh, data models and specific data quality uh what should i say models for health insurance companies because we had a very as a company we have a policy to actually go and solve business problems first and then solve the data problem and as part of solving this business problem you eventually end up solving a portion of the data problem as well but you don't need the data to look pretty that's not necessary at all it's rather more important to go and make uh, save millions of dollars for a company and that eventually is a much bigger what should i say uh, bonus for the company rather than keeping the data clean or pretty rather so with with that kind of a model we had developed we wanted to build verticalized solutions for each and every sector and this actually played out very well with the thought process that we had had so we said we're going to focus purely on insurance and we will not go and do sales with outside this domain but if we get opportunities we will not miss them we will welcome them with open arms so that's the model that we took and i think it has worked out well for us what has helped us is that it's helped us not become going all over the place like you mentioned there's opportunities everywhere you report, you read a news article somebody has said that they have a data quality problem you immediately try to go and target that particular vertical you target this vertical eventually you're not going anywhere so in our case we we chose to focus on one vertical and build because it's very difficult to understand one vertical and becoming a good at that then it is easier to replicate it for other verticals because you know the model as to how it has to work and it reduces your implementation time in each and every vertical by at least about 40% that's a massive percentage could i ask you to spend a few minutes now talking to a potential founder so if someone was listening to our conversation now they've got an amazing idea they're about to take that step knowing everything that you know and what the world looks like right now what would be your encouragement and what would be your cautions to a potential new founder i'm somebody who learned by making lot of mistakes there are two things which i very actively ensured that i didn't do was repeating those mistakes number one i still repeated maybe one or two of them but majority of them i did not repeat so that is one the second aspect is you will make rookie mistakes and they are unavoidable just don't feel for them just keep moving on and the third is don't build a product without validating it with the customer when i say building a product you can always build an mvp you can quickly you know mix up a portion and create your magic your magic portion but you should probably stay with that you should get enough amount of validation from your customers enough amount of validation from industry experts have a very very clear idea on your execution and then go and build the product that helps but again as a founder i made a mistake where i spent maybe a too little too much time on the validation but in my case i think it didn't hurt us too much it did hurt but it, it wasn't painful i think we were lucky there it can be very different so just focus on that and ensure that you quickly validate your product and understand who your customers are solve customer problems and not solve your own problems which you think are very important 90% of the time what we think is very important is not a problem for the customer just get those things validated and i think everything else will follow in place 
Wonderful advice and probably a good place for us to to wrap up the conversation today. It's so great to catch up with you. I'm I'm delighted that Z-Score is thriving and that you're you're taking on the world with a, a new bounce in your step. And it'd be great to stay in touch and, and check in in a little while and see what new progress is being made. But Dilip, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, right. Pleasure. Always a pleasure talking to you and looking forward to talking to you again. Thanks for joining me today. It was great to meet with Dilip and to hear of the great work that he and the Z-Score team are doing. Feedback is always appreciated. Thanks for listening and bye for now.